uh, the Bulgarian environmental artist Christo Vladimirov Yavachev uh, is renowned for making big statements. Uh, he's the one who wraps buildings and trees and landscapes in huge amounts of material, calls it art. Uh, there were surrounded islands in Biscayne Bay, Florida, 1983. Uh, thousands of square metres of pink plastic wrapping, uh, uh, 11 small islands, 60 metres past the edge of the island. And there's uh, a couple of photos. Then there was running fence in uh, rural California in 1976. That was 24 miles of billowing white nylon on a 5.5 metre high fence running across the farms of 59 ranches and eventually down into the ocean. Then there was Valley Curtain, 1972 at Rifle Gap in Colorado. It was a huge red curtain, 400 metres wide and 100 metres high in the middle. Uh, this is perhaps my favourite one, uh, Rapt Reichstag, the old headquarters of the secret police in East Berlin. Completely wrapped. Uh, it took 15 years in the planning and a number of close decisions in the German parliament before it went ahead. Some of you may even be old enough to remember uh, Rapt Coast, which was at Little Bay in Sydney in uh, 1969. There were two and a half kilometres of sandstone cliffs wrapped, once again, in white fabric. Uh, now, these all take years and years of planning, serious logistics and engineering problems to be solved, and they stay there for a couple of months. Uh, or in the case of Valley Curtain, it was only there for 18 hours. And then it all comes down. Now, I'm not exactly sure what he is saying, but whatever it is, he's saying it in a big way. But as big as those statements of Christo, the artist, they're nothing compared to the big statement God is making in the resurrection of his son. There has never been a bigger statement in the history of the world than Jesus' resurrection. Nothing says more, nothing achieves more. On the surface, you may think other events make a bigger statement. World wars, atomic bombs the fall of the Soviet Union, the destruction of the Berlin Wall, the terrorist attacks of September 11, all of them dramatically impacting the lives of thousands of people. But the importance of all these events is tiny compared to the grand gesture of the resurrection of the Son of God on a dark Sunday morning a couple of thousand years ago. Not many people even noticed at first, in fact, the first witnesses couldn't believe what had happened and they had difficulty getting anybody else to actually believe it either. Yet it's this event that Christians believe gives the human race its significance. The, the resurrection, the impact of the resurrection sweeps across countries, uh, down through time and on into eternity not just affecting uh, the generations that come after it, but every generation that comes before as well, uh, affecting the, the lives of billions of people. Today we're going to spend just a few moments looking at some of the big statements that God makes in the resurrection of his son. Uh, 
The first statement God makes is that he approves of his son. At first sight, some people think that the cross was because God was not pleased with Jesus, that he was being punished or this was justice for a failed mission. But that's not the case. The resurrection shows God's public endorsement, his approval of his son. Acts 2.34 talks about something King David said. David did not ascend to heaven and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore let all Israel be assured of this, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. After the resurrection, Peter says these words, it's Jesus God had told to come and sit at his right hand. Uh, and the resurrection was the earthly evidence of that, uh, of that much greater exaltation that took place in heaven. When Jesus was seated on his throne next to God the Father, God declared him to be Lord and Christ. It was a public announcement that Jesus had been accepted, not rejected by God. And so Jesus deserves our honour as our Lord and Christ. So firstly, the resurrection guarantees that God approves of Jesus. Uh, Secondly, the resurrection guarantees that God's promises have come true. Uh, The very next chapter, chapter 3, Peter's preaching again uh, and he says, The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob has glorified his servant Jesus. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. A bit further down he says this is how God fulfilled what he'd foretold through all the prophets. Now, Peter's saying that through the prophets God had promised that a saviour would come and that a saviour would suffer but that the saviour would restore things back to the way God intended. But then when Jesus was killed Peter started to say maybe it wasn't. Jesus who was prophesied about. Even Peter himself wondered. But Peter works out that at the resurrection God is saying yes, Jesus is the one, uh, the one that he's promised and he will achieve everything that's been planned. And so perhaps if someone says to you how can you be sure who Jesus is? Well then you can say God guarantees it when he raised Jesus. Uh, That's how we know who Jesus is. The resurrection shows uh, that God's promises have come true in Jesus. Well now, that's all uh, God is saying things in in a general sense. Uh, But from here on in the resurrection gets personal. Uh, The next points, points three to seven, are what God declares or says to Christians people who have accepted Jesus' death in their place, people who trust their lives for Jesus as their king. And so the third thing Jesus says, or God says in the resurrection to Christians, is that he guarantees their forgiveness. Uh, the problem lots of people have with Christianity uh, is they think that it's about doing good things. Uh, and so a lot of people feel uncertain or uh, whether, unsure whether, they've, uh, whether they're good enough. There's a constant pressure 
whether your list of good deeds outweighs your bad deeds. But that's not the way it is. God promises that Christ's death has taken our punishment and then to prove it he raises him from the dead so that we can be confident that we are forgiven. Romans 4.23 talks about God declaring Abraham righteous and it says, The words it was credited to him, to Abraham, Abraham, were not written for Abraham alone but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and raised to life for our justification. These verses are saying if God can raise Jesus from the dead then crediting us as righteous, that's easy. Forgiving us is easy. He's already raised Jesus from the dead. The fact that God raised Jesus shows that what he did was acceptable, that it worked. The cross was effective. It achieved what God intended by it. God's wrath at our sin had been turned away and God could declare us pure and righteous. Jesus was raised for our justification, that verse says. Apparently when you finish paying off the mortgage on your house, the bank can issue you a certificate that says mortgage discharged. Uh, It's a certificate that says you owe nothing. This is proof. You owe nothing. Uh, And Christ's resurrection is our written proof that we too owe nothing and that God's house belongs to us. The resurrection proves it. There's another verse in Romans, Romans chapter 8, verse 34. What's good about having a risen Saviour is that he is able to stand up for us before God. So verse 31 says, What shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him, graciously give us all things. Who will bring any charge against those God has chosen? It's God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? What's happening in the resurrection? We're no longer at... uh, at risk of God's wrath because Jesus is alive. He's standing up for us. He's putting in a good word every day when we sin. He's alive saying, no, they belong to me. No, this one's forgiven. They speak against any who might accuse us. The reality is we don't follow a historic figure a dead memory. We don't follow a system of teaching or philosophy. We follow a risen and living Lord, a king we can know personally, who we can follow and obey and talk to and walk with and be strengthened by and who can stand up for us. 
So the third thing, Jesus' resurrection guarantees our forgiveness. The fourth statement God makes in the resurrection is about our new life. The resurrection guarantees that we've been born again. The power that God used to raise Jesus is the power that makes us alive, that gives us spiritual birth. (coughs) Ephesians 2, uh, 2 chapter 4 Uh, says that we used to be dead but God makes us alive if we're Christian. So in verse 4, But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgression, it's by grace you've been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. God gave us the resurrection life, the new life, together with Jesus. And that put us in a whole new spiritual place. We're no longer just physical or earthly. We're now heavenly, as Jesus is. Our true home is heaven. We have a whole other dimension to our life that most people don't because we're connected to Jesus, the one God raised. But our new life is not simply about then, not simply about what happens when we die. It's about being new people now. And that's the fifth thing that God declares in the resurrection. Uh, It's about our freedom from sin now. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul prays that the Ephesians would know the power of the resurrection and he says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance, but also that we might know his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Paul says he wants us to know that there is power for us, but it's not just any old power. It's the power that raised Jesus at work in our life. There's power there for us at our disposal, but you actually have to know about it. It's a little bit like wireless internet. You know, there is wireless internet, it's it's all around us, this electromagnetic energy and information, it's there, but we don't know it and we can't connect to it unless we have the right equipment, like a laptop or a smartphone. But when you have the right connection, there is a whole new world that opens up to you. And that's sort of like what Paul is talking about here. God's resurrection power is waiting for us. We just need to connect to it. And Jesus' resurrection is the way we connect to God's resurrection power. But it's not just power that, is, that we can use any way we like. God has given that power for a reason. And if you keep reading in Ephesians, uh, we see the reason that we have this power. Uh, Chapter 2, verse 10 says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. 
that's the power that we, uh, that's what we're to do with that power. Uh, the purpose of the power is to do good works, to be and live like Jesus. In Romans chapter 6, Paul explains uh, all of this a little bit more. Uh, when we became Christians, we died to sin, uh, just like Christ died. But not only that, in verse 4 we read, just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too may live a new life. Christ's resurrection means something for our life today. He gets to some specifics in verse 5. If we've been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So that's talking about Jesus. And here in verse 11 it says, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. The new life that the resurrection brings us is not just about the future. It's about living as a new person now. And we have the power of Jesus' resurrection to help us live now, to put to death sin, to put off the old way. Paul continues in verse 12 when he says, uh, Do not let sin reign in your mortal body, or verse 13, Offer yourselves as those who have been brought from death to life. The resurrection of Jesus is God's declaration to us that there is power for us to put off sin and to live a new life. Uh, Five, that was five. Six, uh, Christ's resurrection guarantees our resurrection. And this is probably the one, if you've been a Christian for a little while, that you immediately think of. What's the purpose of Jesus' resurrection? It's to do with our resurrection and Uh, Marjorie began by reading some of these verses. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is answering people who are worried about the resurrection of the dead. Can we be confident of life beyond death? And he argues about the certainty of our resurrection is based on the fact that Jesus has been raised first. So verse 20 says... Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. That is, the first one uh, which guarantees the resurrection of the rest. For since death came through a man, that's Adam, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man, Jesus. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, Christ the firstfruits, then those who belong to him. So when we look at Jesus' resurrection, God declares to us that we can be confident, if we're Christian, about our own resurrection. 
and it's the wonderful Christian hope of life beyond death. It's why we celebrate on Easter Sunday. Well, finally, in the resurrection, God guarantees that we'll be welcomed into eternity. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it's a great place to finish. Uh, Sometimes, you know, the busyness of this world is, is very noisy and our future home with God seems very distant and quiet. Uh, We can't easily see it or touch it and it's easy to doubt uh, how sure or certain it is. Other things at the moment seem more real and certain but there is one sure fact that we can cling to in verse 13. Paul writes, it's written, I believe, therefore I've spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised our Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. The the fact that God raised Jesus guarantees our warm welcome together with all of God's people, into God's presence. And when you're sure about that, that affects the way you live now. So down in verse 16 it says, Therefore, therefore, because we're confident, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs all of those troubles. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. So God's bold declaration in the resurrection of Jesus is a rock that we build our lives on. We should trust his promises and follow his son and live by the power of the resurrection and hope for your resurrection bodies and then long for your welcome into his presence. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we rejoice in the resurrection of Jesus. Only a few people noticed to begin with, but they told a few more who told a few more And to cut a long story short, that brings us here this morning uh, to celebrate once again the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, to rejoice in the forgiveness and the confidence that we have, uh, to be certain, uh, to have a certain hope for our own resurrection and our welcome uh, home to be with you. Lord, what great things these uh, truths are and we pray that we may not easily forget them as we walk out uh, of church today but that we might live them, that we might know and understand the power that is for us, the power that raised Jesus from the dead so that we might follow and imitate him. In Jesus' name, Amen.